Today's episode of Seven the Edge is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash setting edge. That's audibletrial.com slash setting edge. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash setting edge. I'm popping bottles tonight. Come do for a fight if you're ready. Yeah. I'm popping bottles, baby. I'm popping bottles, baby. I'm popping bottles tonight. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to episode 60 of the Send the Edge podcast. I'm Justin Mosqueda. You can find me on Twitter at JUMOSQ. I'm here with my co host, Charles McDonald. You can find him on Twitter at Forverse. Say what's up to the people, Charles. What's up? We're here with our week. What? This is week 11, right? Week 11 picks. Yeah. We're totally, totally on top of everything. But. Uh, just looking at the lines that we have, we are pretty much on the same side this week for just about everything. So, I think minus a couple games and a couple teasers, uh, this should be a pretty easy and quick podcast to run through. So, let's get it started. Uh, first game, we have the Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears. The Lions are a three-point road favorite, and uh, we are both on the Lions. I... I still don't trust this Bears team. I mean, I, I think maybe next year is a year that they sort of kind of figure it out, but uh, I'm I'm not sold on Mr. Trubisky, and I'm not sold on those weapons they have yet either. So I, I don't think Detroit's defense should have any trouble getting through this one. Yeah, Detroit Detroit's taking care of business in recent weeks, right? So like they lost they lost big against New Orleans. And then that's kind of when I think that at least we thought they were kind of going to unravel because I think we saw early on in the season their defense was made up like their pass defense was solid, but a lot of it was just the fact that they were getting interceptions and sometimes interceptions. That's probably the most volatile stat in sports. Probably it's like interceptions and fumbles on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so they lost big in New Orleans, but then since then they kept it close with Pittsburgh and then they blew out Green Bay and Cleveland, which like I mean there were. There were times in both of those games where it looked a little scary, but, you know, 60 minutes, they were able to put them away. So I think, low-key, I think Detroit is probably, I think at this point, it's probably if, even if we're just talking about talent, like if we had some sort of, like, committee to pick the best six NFC teams, I think they would make that cut. Yeah, they would. I, I don't really know how much I buy them, like, as a real NFC contender, but, I mean. Oh, they, God, no. No. <laughs> no, they're going to be a, like a five-seed contender. I think they could be a five-seed contender or maybe sneak away one game. I don't think they could do it back-to-back. But it really is interesting, like, just the Matt Stafford splits between, like, usually I don't believe in, like, the comeback, fourth quarter, pullout, you know, that ty- that those type of that type of evaluation for quarterbacks, right? But with Matt Stafford, it almost looks like he really is being suppressed by that offense. And into like a dink and duck style, and then once they're like down or any in any sort of type of trouble, they're able to just kind of unleash him. And they're like, "Oh wait, I forgot that we had a top ten quarterback who shouldn't just be throwing you know stick routes." Yeah, it's so dumb because every week they find themselves back into this corner where they have to go play like aggressive football, and they see like how successful it is. Like, why not just start off at that point? But we, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. NFL coaches, NFL people, they always aren't the smartest people. And I think the way that Detroit is handling their offense is, is a, 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 my mind is dead right now, but you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> uh, next game, <laughs> Kansas city uh, is on the road against the New York giants. The chiefs are a 10 and a half point favorite on the road. Uh, you are teasing this down to Kansas city minus 4.5. I'm just going to take Kansas city 
minus 10.5. I mean, they the Giants, two weeks in a row, they just got the doors blown off of them, first against the Rams and then uh, against the 49ers of all teams last week. They, I mean, they just got their asses kicked. So I I don't see how they get up for this game. I, I feel like this is going to be another double-digit loss for them, so I'm just going to ride the points and take Kansas City. Yeah, um, ten and a half point road favorites. Those guys don't end up covering a lot. Uh, teasing it down, I think, is super the play, especially since you can get under six. Um, I, I don't really know what to say other than like Kansas City is clearly a better team than the Giants. The Giants look horrible. It seems like uh, what was it? The Mariners came out and said that they, you know, uh, Ben McAdoo has their vote of confidence. So rest in peace. Ben McAdoo, like, it's your last week on the job, bud. I'm very sorry. That's how these things work out. But, like, how many teams How many teams do you not have to think of? Like, if I say this team is better than Kansas City, and you're like, yes, without having any sort of hesitation. Because for me, I think it's New Orleans. And then after that, you could convince me, you know, Kansas City is head-to-head with pretty much any other team in the league. I would say, like, I don't have to think about it. Yeah. Uh, I will go New B- Orleans. Big on not having to think. Big on not having to think. New Orleans, Philly, Rams would be my three. Minnesota oh, and disrespect. The, we'll get it. We'll get it. Steelers, to that. Steelers too. I think the Steelers are legit. Um, but yeah, the the Giants suck. I mean, if you've watched any of their games the past few weeks, they've clearly, clearly checked out. No matter how many tweets Damon Harrison has sent saying that they haven't checked out, they don't give a shit. Is he doing that? Yeah, he's been saying. I, I haven't seen it. Li- literally, almost after every single game. He's like, we're not quitting. Uh, we're still giving our all out here. But hey, they gave up a fifty, like a fifty-yard screen pass for a touchdown on third and thirty-three two weeks ago. So you tell me. I saw <laughs> someone. I can't remember if it was that game, but Mike Renner tweeted out something, and it was like, it's like an NFL blitz play. It was like suicide or something like that. It's like someone called the NFL blitz play against the fucking screen, and it got taken all the way. Uh, not good. I mean, I still have, I still like the Rams game is just embedded in my mind when I think of the Giants, where I'm just like they just fucking dunked on you for sixty minutes. Did you watch the 49ers game they played? Absolutely not. Oh, I mean, if, I haven't got to it yet. I mean, if you just go and watch like the condensed version, they they have completely quit on on Ben McAdoo, which I mean, yeah, look at him. I, I would quit on him too. But uh, the next game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Miami Dolphins. This is kind of interesting because they were supposed to play week one and uh, now that they have to string off, what, 17 straight games? I'm sure this is going to be, uh, or 16 straight games, I'm sure this is going to be a really fun one to watch. But uh, it's a pick em and we are both on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers side, but we are teasing it to Tampa Bay plus six. Is Jameis still hurt for this game? Uh, I believe so. Also, things happen with Jameis, like, is, if Jameis is even a little bit hurt, I don't think he's gonna he'd end up playing in this game. I'm pretty sure though that it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'll check right now. Yeah, I'm not even sure it matters that much because it's not like <laughs> there's been a huge difference with Ryan not Fitzpatrick. Pl- not playing great. Yeah, it, it, Jameis hasn't been good this year. Mariota's been awful this year. I mean, that four interception game was horrific last night those those interceptions look so much worse with the sky cam oh it's so bad because you're like because you could tell it's like uh someone said it's like jaws where you're like oh shit it's about to go down like seconds before it actually happens because like i want to say the first i turned off that game um i hope everyone else did too i stopped watching at the half and i had money on on pittsburgh in that game anyway um but that first interception where he just like threw it you know, two arms lengths higher than he should have, and it just right into the breadbasket. Like, 
those are those are just fucking brutal. Um, you're pretty anti. You're pretty anti Skycam though. I I think it's good. I just think they got to figure out the first down lines because I can't tell yeah. first downs at all. And like the line, it's too low, so like you can't. For as much as people are like, this cam is giving us a look into the asses of offensive linemen. It's so low that you can't actually see who's getting any sort of push at all. Yeah, like it, it, it doesn't like it really doesn't do that much for me. If it was like a little higher, um, you'd be able to see the line, and then you can see like, oh, a running back clearly, you know, the guard is pushed two yards into the backfield. You know, it's not the running back's fault. Right now, all you see is helmets. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like having the outside receivers cut off either because I don't know. I, I still like seeing that part of the game, and I feel like. I feel like if you're watching just you know this regular grinding tape, the regular end zone view is better because it's it's more centered on like the butts of the offensive linemen or defensive linemen, whichever way the camera's facing, and it, it just it kind of feels like a half-assed midpoint. In it's very it's very half-assed. Yeah, yeah in, that's, in that's between the, the issue. All, in between the all twenty-two and the end zone angle, like just pick one or go back to the broadcast angle. Yeah, uh, one one more thing that I wanted to bring up, uh, if you tease this down to Tampa Bay plus six. Over the last two years, the Miami Dolphins, who like have won the most amount of close games as anyone. I think the last two years, their record in close games is better than any any two-year span that Bill Belichick has had in terms of percentage and how many wins that they've had. Because they're just – they got a horseshoe just embedded up the ass of Adam Gase right now. Um, only four times in the last two years – have they won a game by seven or more points? And it hasn't happened since mid-December last year. So they haven't done it at all this year. Um, I, I think Tampa Bay plus six is a pretty safe bet, considering the fact that this line's already a pick so they already think Tampa Bay's a better team. So you know, considering all that, I would say that Tampa Bay's that, – that's probably one of my favorite bets, honestly, is teasing Tampa Bay with Kansas City. Yep. Uh Okay, so the next game we have is the Baltimore Ravens at the Green Bay Packers. The Ravens are a two-point road favorite, and I think we have a pretty similar reason as to why we're both on the Ravens. Uh, Brett Hundley? Uh, yeah, um, that and the fact that I feel like we brought up, I can't remember what the stat was, but John Harbaugh against rookie quarterbacks, and Brett Hundley's basically a rookie quarterback. He's a first-year quarterback, you know what I mean? Um, for whatever reason, I don't know if you've, seen any of green bay over the past two weeks i hope you haven't uh but okay let's talk about something real quick uh because we, we just talked about uh thursday night did you ever see that tennessee cincinnati game that i told you that you need to watch no i didn't watch a second of it okay good because you would have learned that tennessee was a horrible team going into that thursday night game and you probably would have complained about thursday night football even more um green bay like it's very clear that that brett hunley can throw outside of the numbers very well but he can't do anything inside the numbers. And Mike McCarthy just does not open up the playbook until the fourth quarter. So I think Baltimore, with that swarming pass defense, I feel like their pass defense, honestly, right now is probably a little underrated. Uh, we saw what Pittsburgh can do. Everyone knows what Jacksonville can do. But I think Baltimore is right behind them. Um, that that should just be a fucking mess. It should be like offensive slop fest that entire game. Bet yeah, the under. Yeah, bet the under. Uh, and I would just say throw your money at it and, and don't watch a few plan on enjoying yourself no because the they're like one of like teams that are already like baltimore is on the fence of not being a playoff team like i think baltimore has five losses they either have four or five right now um so i, I highlighted them as like baltimore miami washington 
Oakland and Arizona are basically fighting for like playoff relevancy this week. Like every week from now on is a playoff week for them. I think Baltimore, and they're coming off of a bye. Baltimore's coming off of a bye. So I think this is a perfect spot for like Baltimore desperation, perfect matchup, slot fest. This is like one of the few games that they don't need an offense to win. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think Baltimore minus two is a pretty safe bet. Uh, an actual interesting game in the early slate. We have the Los Angeles Rams going to the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are a two and a half point favorite at home. And this is one of two games that we're split on. You like the Vikings to cover. I like the Rams to cover on the road. I think the Rams, I don't know if they're underrated, but I do think they're one of the three best teams in the league. And I, I, I kind of like the way that they match up with... Uh, I like the way the defense matches up with uh, the Vikings offense, just in terms of like the corners they have, their secondary, and of course, uh, Aaron Donald wreaking havoc against Pat Eiflin and uh, whoever else their guards are. Uh, but I, I just think that uh, the Rams are a super-duper well-coached team. They have the talent, and they've just been blowing people out recently. So I'm going to roll with the Rams on the road. I think this should be an actual really fun game to watch, just uh, the contrast between how Jared Goff likes to play and how the physical the Vikings defense can be. I wonder if that's going to be an, ins- an issue for him. And uh, I, I, I'm also here for the chess match between Wade Phillips and uh, Pat Shermer, who's actually been calling some pretty good offense recently. I mean, not even just that. I mean, Z- Zimmer against McVay, too. Yeah. Like, this is, this is going to be a really fun game. I think this is the only game this week that we're sure both teams are going to be playoff teams. The Rams and Minnesota Vikings. Like this is for sure a game that we could be watching in the divisional round, probably, because both of these teams are going to end up winning the divisions, um, unless Detroit pushes Minnesota, I guess. But I, I just think Minnesota is a better team overall. I think you know there's not that much value in this line, but if I were to pick, I would pick Minnesota. Um, I don't know, man. K- Case Keenum, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. I, there we someone's going to write. Someone's going to write something about millennial quarterbacks and how, like, a backup behind them, like Teddy Bridgewater or Pat Mahomes and stuff like that, like, actually physically pushes these quarterbacks to be better. Because I don't think anyone saw Case Keenum being this good. Yeah. At least in terms of offensive production, I think he's being made up a lot. I want to be very clear about this. I think a lot of his production is being made up of the fact that. He has two great receivers right now, but you can't deny the fact that you know that off that passing offense is producing with a backup running back and backup quarterback. Yeah, it's it's got to be killing Jeff Fisher to watch Goff <laughs> and Keenum play well. Maybe 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 they just need to get away from this. Jeff is the Jeff Fisher, Fisher bowl. Yeah, this is the Jeff Fisher bowl. Yep. Uh, so that should be a really fun game to watch. We should. You guys should definitely tune into that one. I'm, I'm going to be streaming that one for sure since I probably won't get on cable here. But uh, the next game is the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to the Cleveland Browns. The Jaguars are a seven and a half point road favorite. You are taking the Browns because you like setting your money on fire with Hugh Jackson, Deshaun Kaiser, and I'm going to take <laughs> the Jaguars. So why, why do you like? Why do you? Why are you taking the Browns? Okay. So at, at least I'm, I'm aware of what the. Browns team is like right like the the easiest bet in sports right now is like if you could if you could like bet bet the Browns in the first half and then bet against the Browns in the second half it's the easiest bet in sports for the past two years like if they look like a team I don't think they're actually rigging games but if you were trying to like paint a picture of a team that was rigging games it would look exactly like Cleveland where they're in games in the first half or in control through you know even the third quarter and then it's just massive collapse for you know the better part of a year and a half now so it's like i i don't know I, this is more just bet the first half for cleveland if you're gonna pick anything um 
we've had two straight weeks of people praising Kaiser and being like, Kaiser isn't the absolute worst quarterback in football, but man, the boomerang on this is going to go, this is going to go crazy. Cause I think Jackson was just going to tee off against these guys. Like this very much could, what were the, like the worst golf games last year? Like the Arizona game. I want to say that one where the they just Arizona basically game was bad. The, uh, the Falcons game was pretty bad because you had the pick six, and uh, the Thursday yeah. night game on against the uh, the Seahawks. You remember that throw he had where he missed? I don't remember who oh, it was in the yeah. end zone, but it was, they were like wide mi- open, and he just kind of floundered his feet and and whiffed hard on that one. I think that was like a that was a sack fumbly game too, yeah. if I remember correctly. That was a sack fumbly game at like midfield. Um, I, yeah, I think I want to compare this to the the uh, the Goff Arizona game, where the cornerbacks just erased bad wide receivers and they're like well you know our cornerbacks can lock up these guys and like our pass rushers can beat you up front but why don't we just send these extra bodies at your quarterback just to ruin your confidence like i feel like jacksonville can kind of get away with that type of shit and they're already talking shit td westbrook said that he's gonna go for 200 yards in his first nfl game no disrespect to the browns sean gibson they're like the entire jaguars defense is just uh, Instagram commenting each other about how bad they're going to beat up the Browns is not a good spot for them to be in at all. But seven and a half points, you're a home dog. So if this were in Jacksonville, that'd be two touchdowns, which, okay. But, I mean, god damn, that's a lot of fucking points. Yeah, and just uh, just to run through some of these uh, matchups we have on our website the up uh, with the update numbers, how Cleveland's offense compares to <laughs> Jacksonville's defense. So, in terms of uh, adjusted net yards per attempt value, Cleveland Browns offense is 32nd. Jaguars are first, and they are both first and last by a mile. Jacksonville is first in sack percentage. Cleveland is 20th. Uh, let's see. In terms of points per play value, Jacksonville is first. Cleveland is 31st. In terms of yards per play value, uh, Jacksonville is first. Cleveland is 30th. In terms of turnover percentage value, Jacksonville is second. Cleveland is 32nd. Uh, in terms of first down percentage value, Jacksonville is first and Cleveland is 17th. So, I mean, it, I, I think it's just going to be a massacre, honestly. I, I don't see how the Jags don't come out of this game with, with at least like two or three turnovers, either, you know, sack fumbles or interceptions. But I think it's going to is, be is a this a Is this a fireball game? Is this a Hugh Jackson might get fired and we get interim head coach Greg Williams? By the way, do you know Greg Williams? So Greg Williams was a head coach in 2001. What? Did you know that? Yeah. For who? With the Bills. With the Bills. In 1987, he was a head coach of a high school team. He was a graduate assistant in 1989 with the Houston uh, Cougars, and then he became a head coach with the Buffalo Bills in 2001. I have, uh, as someone who was, what, seven years old at the time, I have no recollection of this at all. And he's only like 59. Like he was like young prodigy Greg Williams. I've like that is not a context that I I look at him with. Yeah, I had no idea that he was a coach. But uh, speaking of, oh, never mind. I'm about to skip a game. But the next game we have is the Washington Redskins at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Saints are a seven and a half point home favorite, and we are both on the Saints. I mean, the Saints, they might number be number one the, team in football, baby. Yeah, they might be the best team in the NFL. And uh, on my Twitter account the other day, I tweeted out the first 18 runs of the Saints' 24, run, 24 straight run sequence. And I mean, they're just ripping off chunk play after chunk play after chunk play after chunk play after chunk play. It's it's pretty amazing because they even came back like with two plays in a row with the uh, like the 
like fullback fake HB toss that that's in Madden that everyone likes to run that everyone likes to run like 04 and 05 and they got one one run that was like 19 yards and the next run was like 7 yards for a touchdown so right now they're like an elite rushing offense that's backed up by Drew Brees which is a pretty scary thought and that pass defense is Fa- fantasy bust Drew Brees yeah you gotta remember that. Fantasy, <laughs> fantasy, fantasy fans are fantasy fans are so fucking pissed about Drew. Like Drew Brees is still a top five quarterback. Like, like you like you look at him from an efficiency standpoint, he's still a top five quarterback in the league. But fantasy fans are so mad that Drew Brees isn't throwing forty passes a game. They're furious. They just ran the ball forty. What was it? Twenty four times in a row. Yeah. And I think Drew Brees took one of those in for a touchdown. It was like a seven yard run. Um, of those twenty four runs in a row, twelve of them. Twelve of them where uh, nine-yard gains or touchdowns. That's fucking crazy. I've never heard of anything like that in my life. When we say, like, New Orleans offensive line is the best offensive line in football, it's, like, not even really close. Like, you look at their penetration numbers. They're twice as good as the second-best team. And they have two – what was it? They had six six rushing touchdowns last last week, two 100-yard rushers. That's insane. Like, they – with an improved – probably the most improved defensive line in the sport, and they got the most valuable defensive back – Second most valuable valuable defensive back in the last two years, Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, that's crazy. Like this is the best team in football. It's not close. This is a seven and a half point line against Washington. Washington, a team that so Washington in the last six weeks has been blown out four different times, um, or lost by multiple scores four different times. That Kansas City game was weird, and then one of their game, one of the other two other games where it's like their best games of this six game stretch uh, was a close game with the San Francisco 49ers who have the total of one single win this year. Like this Washington team, super fraudulent while new Orleans, this is a seven and a half point line. They would have covered that every single game since we, since after week two, they had two bad weeks to start the year. And then since then they've just been blowing teams out. Yeah, they are. They're amazing. And uh, super bowl favorite. They should be super bowl favorite. It looks like Sheldon Rankins is starting to get his groove back. He had a, uh, Two tackles for loss, a sack, and he almost returned an interception return for a touchdown last week. So if they can get their first-round pick from last year to really start being the player that all of us thought he could be. Plus, you already have Lattimore, Cam Jordan, uh, Ken Crawley on the other side. He's been balling this year, too. Marcus uh, Williams at free safety. Like This defense, if you just look at the individual play from each person, this defense is absolutely loaded right now. So I, I think that they're, they should run away with the NFC South. They're they're easily better than Carolina or Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, they should be Super Bowl favorites, I think, out of the NFC. So the next team, the next game is the Buffalo Bills at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are a six-point home favorite. You are taking uh, the Bills plus six, and I'm teasing the Bills to plus 12 with uh, my Tampa Bay tees. Yeah, I just think, you know, there's an off chance that, you know, for whatever reason, Phil Rivers, who played through a playoff game, with a torn ACL, might not suit him for this game. Uh, flash fact, this is not a playoff game, and uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are not making the playoffs this year. Um, but I don't – Buffalo is just a better team. And for whatever reason, they do think that coaching staff does think – for whatever reason, I don't necessarily agree with it. I didn't see anything out of Nathan Peterman. You can watch his goddamn game against Clemson where he, he had like four passing touchdowns, but like three of them were shovel passes, which like shouldn't count at all. Um, they think that he is better for them – at least at long term, than Tyrod Taylor for whatever reason. And uh, I disagree with that strongly, but if they think that and we buy into that at any point, like this team should be not – this team shouldn't be three-point dogs against the Los Angeles Chargers. You know what I mean? Um, 
I, I think one thing that has been a big issue is Buffalo the last two weeks, basically since they traded Darius, uh, they haven't been able to stop the run at all, which is evidenced by that damn New Orleans game where they just got the ball shoved down their throat. But the Los Angeles Chargers are one of the worst teams up front in terms of stopping tackles for a loss. So I wonder how that ends up turning out because it's like a, a bad bad front on both ends, basically, other than you know the Chargers' defensive front, which should eat Buffalo's offensive line. Yep, and uh, as of two minutes ago, Philip Rivers did just get cleared to play for Sunday. Uh, credit to Dan Wogie Sports, who writes. You know, for, you never know. The world is random. You can't predict. Yeah, who who uh, writes for the Los Angeles Times? Philip Rivers is playing on Sunday, so uh, that's interesting. I, I I just don't feel good about how Nathan Peterman matches up against. I mean, I mean, the Bills' offensive line was terrible, and I I think you know Tyrod obviously isn't a perfect quarterback, but I think he's pretty far down on the list of things wrong with that offense. I mean, he might even be at the bottom of the list. So, I mean... He, who is there a player on that offense that's better than him right now? Because everyone on the offensive line regressed. Shady doesn't look the same. They yeah. don't have receivers. It's not like they have a, a great tight end. Yes. He's, he's probably their best offensive, offensive player. By a pretty good margin this season. And, uh, like, if you want to bench him, whatever, that's fine. But just know that you're throwing Nathan Peterman to the Wolves uh, against one of the best pass rushing duos in the league right now with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. And he's going to learn who like, he's going to learn who like uh, Corey Legit and like Chris McCain are. He's going to be like, damn, you got like five of these dudes. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's going to die. Uh, sorry, Nathan Peterman, but yeah, I, I don't get thrown. Tyrod's coming back to that game. You might not start him, but he might be ending this game. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I was just thinking about that earlier today. Like what are the chances that Tyrod gets put in like, the third quarter after Nathan Peterman takes his fifth sack of the game. I don't know. I mean, we got to do like the conversion rate of how many years in Tennessee equal minutes against the Los Angeles Chargers, right? So he made it two years through the University of Tennessee. That's like probably 15 minutes against the Los Angeles Chargers defensive line that he can survive. Yeah. Uh, so good luck, Nathan Peterman. We're thinking about you, but uh, I will definitely be replaying those sacks and laughing at you. Uh, come Tuesday. Praying for him and then uh, the the Ravens owner, right? Oh yeah, Steve 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 Bishotti, whatever. Still uh, still praying for him. Thoughts and prayers. Uh, next game is the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are a two and a half point home favorite, and we are both on the Bengals just because the Broncos look absolutely abysmal. And I I don't know if there's too much more than that. Uh, I think the Bengals have a capable defense that should put up. A lot of pressure on uh, whoever the hell they're starting. I think I saw some Paxton Lynch rumors that maybe he might be active on Sunday. But either way, you're putting up a bad quarterback against a pretty solid defense. And I, I think that's about it. That Denver defense is not the same as it has been uh, the past couple seasons. So it, it just it all kind of feels like they they're, they're kind of quitting because they don't have a quarterback. And I think, you know, what, what's the point? So I'm just going to round. Derek, Derek Wolf. Derek Wolf had a. Uh... Did you see his – he had some shit in the locker room. Someone was taking a video of him, and he was talking. And he kind of threw Vance Joseph under the bus where he was like, we're all working. Like, no one's quit. We're just fucking shit. And then they asked him about play calling. He's like, I'm not a fucking coach. It was very weird. And, like, the thing is their defensive their defensive front, count their outside linebackers, um, they're still getting in the backfield plenty. I think they're fourth in penetration this year in terms of defense. But it's just everything else around this Broncos team is just not fitting in well at all. Um we tried telling you guys before the year that Denver was opening up with back-to-back games at home, and it's impossible to play 
Denver, you know, on your first road game of the year, and they got two of those teams that they were able to snag games against. And then since week three, like I said, they were the opposite of the New Orleans Saints, where the Saints have gotten hot and the Broncos. There's no team that has had worse seasons since week three than the Broncos. They've been worse than the than the Browns are pretty much everywhere other than, you know, straight straight up wins and losses. I think they have the worst even even a worse point differential. So, you know, I'd probably take Cleveland against Denver, pick them in Denver. I would probably take fucking Cleveland at this point. Like just the 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 Broncos should not be close to favorites against anyone in the NFL. Yep. Uh all right. So I mean that's pretty self explanatory. Next game is the New England Patriots and the Oakland Raiders. Uh in Mexico. Mexico, yeah, in Mexico City. So the Patriots are a six and a half point favorite, and yeah, we're we're both from the Patriots. This, I mean, the Raiders stink, and uh, on a neutral site field. Come on, it's it's not a neutral site field, bud. I mean, that's not gonna be a neutral site field. I'm, okay. I guess there are a lot of there are a lot of like for whatever reason there are a lot of Pats. Like you think of, all right, let's go there. Um, when you think of Brown sports fans, right? You typically think of Oakland Raiders and Dallas Cowboys, right? Uh, for whatever reason, there are actually a lot of Patriots and Steelers fans in Mexico. I'm not sure why. Probably just because they're it's like the, the they're three, on TV or something. The three of the biggest brands that the NFL has: Steelers, Raiders, Patriots. I'm just mad there aren't Brown Packers fans. That's that's really why I had to get that out there. Um, who would be most like? So let's do a draft right here, right now. Uh, most likely to get arrested in Mexico. You you get the first overall pick. Are these between the two teams? Yes, between the two teams. I mean, do we have to? Is Rob Gronkowski obviously the first pick? Yeah, he, that's why I give you the first pick because I, 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 I have to look for a, a second one because I, I wanted to give you time to think of a second one. Yeah, I, um, I guess I'll go with uh, with um, Gronk for my number one pick. All right, I'm going uh, Donald Penn. Donald Penn, number two. <laughs> Donald, I guess yeah. Donald Penn, like, ran and fight like some cartel member <laughs> on the side of the street. <laughs> you know, he gets hit with a laser. He gets hit with a laser pointer. Easy. Oh, it's happening! It's happening. I, I just want—I really want somebody to stick uh, one of those laser pointers in Gronk's eyes, and maybe he'll think it's like some uh, house party, like dude. Thing. No, he'll go—he'll go—he'll uh, go Peyton Hillis and be like, "I need to be a CIA agent. Like someone's trying to take me out, and I need to save America." <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I I think the Patriots will take this pretty easily, but I I just want to see like the same. Oakland's horrible. Yeah, I want to see the shenanigans that happen. I'm more interested in what the players do before and after the game than the actual game itself. Dude, I the the, the Mexican press conference with Bill Belichick is going to be awesome. I hope and he's Jack sunburned. Del Rio. <laughs> he's he's sunburned. I hope he is. Yeah, it can happen. Anything can happen. Yeah, sure, he could go outside. I'm sure he, <laughs> he totally he totally does that during the football season. <laughs> I don't think. Do you think? No, nah, he knows Trump is president. Yeah, he yeah, because he, he, he wrote a congratulations a letter. letter. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I hope the Raiders right. win, but I don't think they will. Uh, next game: the Philadelphia Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys. This is a Sunday night game. The Eagles are four and a half point road favorite, and we are both on the Cowboys. I don't think the Cowboys are going to win this game, but I do think that they they should have enough firepower to keep it somewhat close at home. Though they did just get blown out by a mediocre Falcons team, so. I don't know. I'm, now that I'm thinking about this, I might want to flip it. But you go ahead and talk about why you're on the Cowboys. I'm kind of – so one, I think a lot of people are going to make a, make a big deal about the Chaz Green stuff, right, because he gave up six sacks or whatever to Adrian Claiborne, um, which, fine, that, that's totally cool. But it, it shouldn't – an offensive tackle has never swung a line like this line has been swung. 
like in the history of the sport. Um, unless we're going left tackle wins all of a sudden, I'm not sure why he would be that relevant. Obviously, he had a horrible game, but I, I don't think that's something that's going to be repeated over and over again. And if it is, good God, <laughs> like there goes the there goes the Cowboy season because of a left tackle. Um, and while I think Philadelphia is a good team, they're a top four team in the NFC easily, right? And they're going to win the division. I am worried that they really haven't beaten anyone. Like, and some of that is the fact that they've really only played one decent team. But if you were like, if we were looking at, if for whatever reason we had like a committee, right, and we had to like vote in four teams, Philadelphia would be the Wisconsin Badgers right now. Or like, we're like, well, you beat Iowa. Like, Philadelphia beat the the uh, Carolina Panthers on a Thursday night, right? But then other than that, the resume, like, if you look game by game, you're like, this collectively isn't that impressive. Um, but they're getting it done. I, I don't know. I just think that if this game were in Philadelphia, right, a six-point swing on this line, it the, the Eagles would be ten-and-a-half-point favorites. I feel like you would bet Dallas no matter what in that situation. So just, like, reversing that line it makes a lot of sense just from a points perspective. Just take Dallas here. Like It's, it's still Dak Prescott. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that, Dak Prescott, four-and-a-half-point dog at home. I don't know. You, you have to do a lot of stuff to get there. And it's not like Demarcus Lawrence isn't playing his best ball and David Irving isn't playing his best ball anyway. I guess the Sean Lee injury could be a major factor for him. Um, I know it has been in the past, but four and a half points, man. That, that's a lot of points for like a in-division game. Yeah. And then, but, but at the same time, I, I kind of feel like, I mean, we just saw Dallas get shut down by Atlanta's defense. Uh and I, mean, I think that game was kind of flu- like, like that's a lot of sacks, man. I know it was like a lot six of sacks. sacks. I, I don't I don't know how many times you give up six sacks to an entire team and win a game. But even then, like they still they still like struggle to run the ball. And obviously, yeah, the the sacks were fluky. I mean, they they gave up eight sacks in that game. Even Don Terry Poe like whipped the hell out of Zach Martin, which was insane to see. But uh, I I don't know. I I I really do like Philly's defensive line and. I don't think Byron. Oh, yeah. I don't think Chad Screen is going to start. It's going to be Byron Bell. But if you know anything about the Carolina Panthers or them over the past few years, you you know that Byron Bell is essentially uh, he's an agent for the other team. Uh, let's just leave it at that. He's he's awful. So I don't know. I, I, I think I'm going to stick with my Dallas plus four point five pick just because they're at home and uh, they they just probably shouldn't get their ass kicked again like that. But I'd, I wouldn't be too surprised if, if Philly won, but I'm going to stick with my Dallas plus 4.5 pick. And the last game, Monday night, the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are a three-point favorite, and uh, we are both on the Falcons just because uh, Seattle's pretty banged up right now. I mean, it uh, looks like Richard Sherman is Richard Sherman is, always, uh, is obviously out for the season. It looks like Cam Chancellor is going to miss his game, and Dwayne Brown, which is going to put uh, – Matt Tobin at tackle, and the last time Matt Tobin played tackle was for the Chip Kelly Philadelphia Eagles back in 2015. So, uh, Adrian Claiborne, good. here comes six more sacks your way. But uh, <laughs> I, I just think with the way, I mean, Atlanta's pretty healthy outside of Duke Riley being hurt, and uh, Devontae Freeman might miss a game, but missing Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, and Dwayne Brown, and having Earl a hobbled Earl Thomas out there, that's that's a lot to overcome. And maybe the Falcons offense hasn't uh, found their stride yet this season, but they're still talented enough to take care of like the, the backups that Seattle has out there in the secondary. Yeah. And what Atlanta has four losses already. Yeah. So like, this is kind of, this is kind of a must win type of game going, knowing that 
They're they they don't have a bye week next week, right? No, Atlanta. They already had their bye week. Right. Okay. So they know that they're gonna have to go in to a short week the week after. That's not a good spot to be in if you end up losing this because you know six losses, you that six losses and you you you're not necessarily promised to get into the playoffs. I should say right. Like it's likely that you get into the playoffs, but it's not promised. Um, Atlanta kind of has to win this game to kind of keep their playoff momentum moving forward. Seattle's going down very quickly, sinking sinking like a anchor. Some might say. Um, three points. I just think Atlanta is a better team, honestly. I want to ask you the thing about uh, Devonta Freeman because I didn't notice that. I didn't really. He's out with a concussion, right? Yeah, he got. I didn't rush on Sunday. I didn't know that he had a history of concussions. Like this is kind of a repeated. This is like his third or something like that. Is there any sort of? I mean, you can't get mad at a guy for having a damn concussion. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't make any sort of logical sense at all. But is there some sort of like? Is there any uh, buyer's remorse on that? that big contract from Falcons fans right now where they're kind of second guessing if it was a good deal to sign. No, but I think they might if Tevin Coleman has another big game on, on a, on Monday, but I mean, let's pray for it. My, my Debbie stud, Tevin Coleman. Yeah, dude. I, I can't believe the way that they've misused him this year. You think like a running back who averaged like 15 yards of catch last year, you would try to throw him the ball some this year, but that hasn't really been the case, which is just kind of baffling, but that's, get, a, that's get a, him in Pittsburgh, get him in Pittsburgh. That's another rant for another day. But, yeah, I, I don't know if, if Falcons fans are Byron Morse yet just because it's all so fresh. And I think people are just still still too sad about the Super Bowl to really care about a contract like that right now. But uh, maybe maybe if Tevin Coleman keeps stringing off uh, some big games against a, a pretty good Seattle defense, even though they're missing some stars, it's still a solid, solid unit, maybe then we'll get some uh, Byron Morse. But that's, uh, that's all we have. The Arizona-Houston game doesn't have a line. It I mean, it looks like it's going to be Blaine Gabbard. Don't watch it. Yeah, Blaine Gabbard <laughs> Tom Savage is just unwatchable trash in the first place. So I would just completely ignore that. So uh, you want to run All through right, our picks? So let's recap. Yes, sir. Uh, this is going to be very easy this week. Our Detroit Lions, Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Baltimore Ravens, New Orleans Saints, Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, New Orleans or New England Patriots, Dallas Cowboys, Atlanta Falcons. My advice is to tease Kansas City and Tampa. You want to tease Tampa and Buffalo. And then we're split on Minnesota, Minnesota, Los Angeles. I'm taking the Vikings. You're taking the Rams. And we're split on Cleveland, Jacksonville. I'm taking the Browns. And you're taking the Jaguars. Yep. Uh, so that'll do it. That'll be uh, the end of episode 60 of Setting the Edge. If you haven't, go back and listen to our pod with uh, Dominic Fox from early in the week. It was a lot of fun. Very enjoyable. Got a lot of insight on. Got called a mark by yeah. several people. Yes, yeah, you did, which was totally worth <laughs> it. But uh, we got. My hands, were, my hands were shaking when you guys were talking about myself <laughs> in Bennett, but I, but I held my composure very, very well. Yeah, so we got. I didn't want to get made fun I didn't want to get made fun of in front of Fox, man. I mean, he, he kind of busted your balls a little bit, but it was worth it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we talked about Martellus Bennett, uh, Jerry Jones versus uh, Roger Goodell, and uh, some some of the young cornerbacks that have been making a, some noise in the league this year. So check it out. We'll be back next week with some picks, and uh, I'm, I'll try to grab somebody for an interview as well. Adios. Probably not. It's Thanksgiving week, but oh yeah, it is Thanksgiving, so we might not be. Back we gotta like we gotta record on like Tuesday or something. Yeah, and then just. All right, shut up. All right, adios. <laughs>